0: you crazy metalheads. This is King Diamond, and you're listening to Iron City
1: Rocks with John.
0: Hey, this is Rob Cadjano from the band Volbeat, and you are listening to
1: Iron City Rocks. Turn it up. Hey, it's Mark and John from Dirty Honey, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Yeah. Oh!
2: Hello and welcome to episode 417 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing the best rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. Episode 417, we are joined by... John Noto and Mark LaBelle of the band Dirty Honey. Dirty Honey uh, are out on the road right now with Slash uh, tearing it up. A great uh, young group of musicians from Los Angeles playing some killer music. Uh, they are taking a special uh, night away from the Slash tour to headline a show at the Hard Rock Cafe in Pittsburgh on the 4th. That's a Sunday night. Uh, as I am talking to you right now, you will not see them in a venue again this small. Uh, this band, I think, has a huge amount of promise Uh ep that as we talk about in the interview uh, and it's not just me blowing smoke has legitimately four singles out of five songs uh, and that's not to diss on the fifth song either it's a very strong album track so invite you to sit back uh, get a taste of dirty honey we're going to play a little bit of their single when i'm gone we'll get into that interview with mark and john <laughs> gentlemen my privilege to welcome to the line we have from dirty honey we have mark and john on the line how you doing guys
1: doing well how you doing
2: doing great um you guys have what i would consider to be sort of a blistering ep uh with with five killer songs um available now and you're going to be coming in on the fourth to do a show at the hard rock cafe um you know i think it's fantastic to hear you know a young band uh with songs on the radio can you talk a little bit about um uh, you know kind of your background as a musician so i know you're from la but uh were you originally from la
1: uh this is mark i'm not um originally from la I have to mute that, John. okay. you getting a uh, little feedback there um no i'm from uh, upstate new york actually i'm from albany so not too far from pittsburgh actually and um moved to la a few years ago and uh met john and and we we sort of started searching for the right guys to do this project with um john can certainly speak more about his musical history
0: sure john hi hi, this is john here sorry i just joined um yeah how you doing
2: Good, good, good.
0: As a guitarist, where were
2: you coming from, roots-wise?
0: Definitely all the big classics, and um, also uh, a lot of funk and R&B. Okay. Um, but the big classics in the in the rock world, you know, the 70s stuff, the vinyl era. Um, and, you know, anything that kind of echoed in that tradition, too, so mm-hmm. like Guns N' Roses and um, some 90s rock, you know. Uh, you know, and modern stuff, I suppose, like Black Keys, and um, and some some off the beaten path guitar heroes too, that like uh, Derek Trucks, people like them. Yeah,
2: absolutely, know. Derek, amazing guitarist. Do,
0: yeah, it, amazing guitarist.
2: Do you guys? Uh, kind of relish in the fact I mean I, I guess it's it's kind of easy to lump a band like yourselves in with with Coretta Van Fleet and maybe some other bands of, of you know younger guys doing music that maybe has a little bit older sound is that frustrating for you guys or do you appreciate that or where do you guys stand on that because I, I can see it being a blessing and a
1: curse yeah um I definitely, like, I don't know, I, I've spoken a lot about this, and, and I know Greta gets it quite a bit, too, but, mm-hmm. you know, it just seems like anything that's sort of more rock and roll, guitars, drums, mm-hmm. vocals, is kind of lumped into this sort of vintage sound when, you know, really, I mean, Aerosmith was was a victim of that back in the sure. day, and, I'm, you know, I heard a ton that Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden all got, you know, some, some classic, like... Mm-hmm comparisons too which is all cool man you know it's not uh it's all eventually if you just do it long enough and and you're successful and and people Mm -hmm. enjoy you it just becomes dirty honey or or it becomes you know you become pearl jam and you have your own identity as sure musician you know
2: yeah i mean you're exactly right i recall specifically guns and roses getting a lot of comparisons to you know kind of oh, the, sure. the Stones and Aerosmith even though you know in hindsight I mean the roots are the same but but they're not the same bands uh, but I don't you know draw the distinction and it's, yeah personally and, it's, it's know,
1: a, I'm sure okay. it wouldn't have worked if they yeah,
0: yeah. It's, like, it's like of course it's like it wouldn't have worked if there wasn't a, a difference there but mm-hmm. I think everybody everybody has an urge to go this is like something I I already know yeah you know and, um, so you point that out first, but the stuff that sticks around, like all these bands we've named, the differences start to show. I think yeah. it, it, it's an interesting side note on that. Uh, our, our producer that we worked with, he worked on, um, Stone Temple Pilots stuff. And, mm-hmm. uh, he said, he said that one of the, as the years grew on, or in the early years, um, Scott Weiland really had really struggled with being, like negatively compared to or called like a, a knockoff of eddie and pearl jam and yeah. that was pretty interesting to hear it, you know just a like, and it really affected it and uh um, so you know it's like it's it's something that happens a lot it seems like you know And yeah. even to the people that are now i mean sunto pilots is a flagship band of um style of rock you know yeah. but it's yeah, you know, we don't know that uh, we we weren't there, but we don't know that at the time that that's what was happening.
2: Sure. Yeah, it's it's easy to look back and say, okay, you know, they're they're a, you know, kind of a, a forerunner and a founder of a certain genre of music, but at the time it wasn't. People didn't necessarily say, boy, they sound so much different, or you know you're absolutely right i mean what i like is you know you put on when i'm gone and that hits the radio and you're like oh damn what was that you know that's what i like you know it's not who do you sound like who you know who do you don't sound like you know is this original is it you know that kind of stuff it's it's a question of is it a good song you know as long as it's not blatantly ripping somebody off um you know and i think you know is I think everyone can learn from Kingdom Come, the band from you guys probably before you guys were born. Don't deny you've ever heard of Led Zeppelin, and you'll be fine. That was you know the big blunder in their their uh, uh, growth. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. Sure. Exa- um When when you guys put together the sound, I mean, did you, did um, you know you guys are a relatively young band if i'm not mistaken 2 years or so um when you were kind of getting together as musicians and working on what you were doing were you guys coming from a uh, place musically or did um uh, were you guys kind of have to have like actual discussions about what do we want to sound like what are you know which of our influences are similar we want to you know kind of grow on this style of music that style of music or do you just
1: we start did writing? yeah i i think the um the, yeah, the songwriting The response to the songwriting really mm. sort of um, Fueled the, the direction we, we went in Just because, you know, we all We have modern influences and classic influences And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think really at the base of it, though It's more about What do we really, like, love about playing and performing And, right. and that's more aligned with, you know, the the Sound Gardens and the Guns N' Roses and the Zeppelins mm-hmm. and the Aerosmiths, um, and I think that, that comes out in, in what we released, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, we, there was definitely a time where, you know, we were kind of all over the place stylistically, Yeah, and yeah. we had to sort of hone it in.
2: You can see that, you know, in, in the, growing up in the era when you guys did, you know, there was so much... Music and a lot of it, frankly, wasn't rock for you guys to listen to, you know, when you were listening to modern music in your, you know, your youth. Yeah, um,
0: exactly. You've got to make a conscious yeah. decision
2: if we want to play straight on rock and roll or, you know, we want to blend elements of, of whatever, you know, and music has become so. It wasn't a difficult decision,
1: I can sure. say
2: that. Yeah, I mean,
0: you, you, no, can feel it was, that. you know it it. Yeah,
1: I mean, and
0: something this people heard it, I'm gone and we can really do something with this song right you know it was kind of like kind of like release this. the I think that's home like for me personally as a guitarist I was like when I just sit down and noodle on the guitar I play bluesy I play yeah. classic kind of thing you know yeah. when I start thinking about too much like you know but so when someone was like well just do what you do it was like oh okay it was like it was almost like someone getting
2: yeah exactly worrying about
0: anything else yeah
2: you don't have to derive what it is that you're truly passionate about yeah if you guys? Should we be
0: mixing this in? Should we be mixing that in? No,
2: yeah, up. exactly. You know, if you have to ask yourself, do we need theatrics? Do we need this or that? Then maybe you shouldn't do it. If you if you have to ask that question, um, if you guys right. have really taken stock of the fact, you know, you've been on the road with huge bands. I mean, for you know, with what you guys do, you know, with with an EP out, you know, to to share the stage with Slash and and the Who and things like that. Does that even sink into your heads at this point, or is this something you're gonna look back at, you know, when the dust settles and say, "Damn, you know."
1: It definitely sinks in. I mean, I, I've said before, like Slash is such a iconic just mm-hmm. character in in the history of rock and roll that, yeah. you know, when you're about to take the stage with this guy and like, or you see him backstage or whatever, it's definitely kind of like life changing, you know? And, and, yeah. You, you get exposed to his passion to a lot backstage and mm. he's still like always playing the guitar and he's always getting pumped up for gigs and it's, it's pretty inspiring to see somebody who's done everything, you know, that you can yeah. do in music and is still excited about performing for like you know, three thousand, five thousand people, and then yeah. goes on tour and plays stadiums. It's it's pretty interesting.
2: Yeah, it is. It's got to be quite a thrill, um, you know, as musicians to kind of play with with the heroes of, of rock. Um, when when you guys write, um, do you guys kind of write together, or is it you know, John? Do you you sit down and do your thing, and then send it over to Mark, and you add the vocal melodies, the lyrics, etc., or how do you guys approach songwriting?
0: It kind of ends up being more the latter, but I think it's always finished together. Mm-hmm. So a song may start with a riff and then it gets tossed over and then, um, some, maybe a melody comes around, but we still only have, say, a verse. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, man, a lot of times the song just exists as a really great verse and riff for a while. And then, then sometimes, um, me and, uh, Corey and Justin will get together and jam it out further without Mark. Just to, just to get our own connection mapping, and then you know but i think all of them come together when we we'll, we'll get together as a group and then go we all know what we've been tossing around and we try. that's when we solidify it
2: sure uh, john are you yeah. uh, a less paul guy I, you know some of the record I, I i can feel there might be some strat in there maybe i'm wrong uh maybe on down the road but um,
0: um we we that is we did sneak a strat in on that um because I, I, Jimmy Page is one of my hugest heroes, and mm-hmm. and actually and actually Dwayne Allman and the reason why I mentioned those two is because they they were studio guys sure. at the same time that they were artists on their guitar. And when I get into the studio, my mindset automatically becomes like, okay, which color goes here? Yeah. So I don't always. I mean, we try to stick within within a, a color palette, of course, mm-hmm. so that we have a sound. Right. Um so I wasn't about to do a bunch of the riffs for the Strat. But right. on the song that we, you know, um, mostly it's left ball. There was a couple secret weapons um, that I, you know, were a surprise because we rolled up to the studio and he, he uh, Nick had this 50s student model um, epiphone, basically melody, melody maker. I believe it's okay. called an Olympic. And I think someone is like, Carved their name into the back of it, and like it was just completely not valuable, you know. Sure. And they put in like they squeezed they squeezed a humbucker into it, and that thing ended up just ripping. (laughs) So we used it a lot. It didn't even play well, but it was just you know. It sounds good. So that, yeah.
2: Yeah, I appreciate in the in the album, and I, I don't know if it was scars or if it was on down the road where. The guitar solo, you can hear there's just a bass underneath. Uh, but I love that because, you know, so yeah. a lot of times, you know, when bands multi track, you know, there's eight guitar parts and then they put a solo over top. But I love the fact that you can hear the bass breathe underneath that.
1: That's been a big um, sticking point for all of us is that, like, yeah, the, minimize the overdubs, minimize yeah. the tracking in the studio. And I think, you know, all the records that we sort of fell in love with growing up didn't mm-hmm. sound super polished from the James Gang to Aerosmith to Zap to, you know, even up to like Pearl Jam and STP. Those were all pretty raw sounding records that captured an energy more than like a perfect take.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then also, you know, when, when people come see you live, they're going to hear what they heard you know obviously you're going to do it slightly things are different slightly live but it isn't going to be you know oh the dirty honey guys need six pre-recorded tracks to play over top of um to recreate the sound you know it's got that yeah, uh, fuck yeah. that yeah
0: fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> um wh- what the, we have it was fun
2: when you um when when you guys put these five songs down um you know the obvious question is going to be you know you're going to be doing a headline show um here are we going to hear is most of the set you know original material do you guys sneak in some covers how do you uh, round out the set?
0: We'll uh, sneak in a cover and we'll add a song that we've been doing live and is coming out on. We're gonna release the record on vinyl and we're gonna okay. add that song. That's the song that we did. And we'll and we'll play um we don't currently play Fire Away very often, but we usually add that into a headliner hmm. as well.
2: Does it kind of as a musician, you know, and I think about this when bands do new material, does it Do you give any thought when you're laying new material down that this thing's going to be on YouTube in a couple hours, where you know no one's ever heard you know a a good clean recorded copy, you know whether a live album or you know something done with an actual producer as opposed to an iPhone? Um, Any thought on that?
1: That that doesn't really cross my
2: mind. Do you? Yeah. I I,
0: I, maybe I misunderstood the question. Are you saying? Could you repeat that? Sorry.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're, you're when you do a song that isn't on your EP live. I mean, there's a good chance, you know, in the era of YouTube, oh, that that song's going to be there. You know, you might yeah. go back to the hotel room that night and be able to watch yourself and do a song that isn't, you know, available yet. Is that every entering into the it's factor? cool,
0: kind of, in a, yeah, it's kind of cool because I think it doesn't have the impact that, at least not now in our phase of the game. I don't mm-hmm. think it has the impact that you would, might worry. Yeah. Like you know, like a maybe a poor version and it also gets people if it's good if -hmm. if it's good people ask for it to be on Um, you know people on social media they'll hit you up and be like where can I get the real version of that that's on kickass where can I hear this you know so it kind of prompts people
1: Yeah. and you know what too even like like the tune that we do um, perform that's not on the EP it's not even like we do somewhat of a live arrangement to it anyway so it's it's um it's never going to be exactly you know in in terms of like verse and melody and riffs and stuff like we're pretty spot on with the record live like but we do you know if there's room in a song to sort of take off and improvise and make it more alive at the live show then you know that's certainly what we do
2: yeah, I, I was wondering about that. That's actually a really good point because I know, you know, in the last 20 minutes, you guys have mentioned two members of the Almond Brothers. So I can sense there might be a little bit of, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to go, uh, you know, down some of those paths with a little, you know, extended solos or, or you know, different versions, and that's always really cool. Um, you know, I think the world needs a yeah, little. Yeah, those Almond
1: Brothers live records are fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and 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 and, and Zeb did it in their own way, mm-hmm. and even like even even like Guns and Roses, like Slash kind of got to enjoy, even if they didn't extend the song, like the way he played the song live, yeah. would be like kind of more cavalier than mm. the rap, the album. So I always try to bring that to the live show. So, yeah. You know, if people already bought a shirt or they already downloaded the CD, they heard the song, they come to the show. To me, I feel like if I just give them maybe the exact record, that's a bit of a letdown. Yeah. That's my opinion. You know, I'm like, you should get more. You know, I don't want to go so, so far forward. where it doesn't sound like the song anymore, but maybe a little like a little bump here, a little bump there, a little energy yeah. moment. You know, just kind of use the guitar to reach out, hey, everyone in the face. You
2: know? Yeah, I always think that's kind of it kind of makes it fun, you know, because you're, you're right. I mean, you know, you listen to the EP, and, and I've been through it a number of times over the last few days, and you get to the point where you're you're able to kind of you know what the guitar parts are going to be, and I love that when you're in a, in a live situation and, and a, the band will take a left turn, you know. I always one of the things I love about the Government Mule, they'll throw in a little Led Zeppelin in the middle of a song or something like that, and yeah. just something to catch your attention, and it's 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 a Great thing
1: to do. Or, you know, there is the flip side too, where it's like if you're the Eagles and you're pulling off these like amazing harmonies that are mm. exactly like the record, like that is impressive in a completely different sure. way and interesting in a different way, you know. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think there's, there's some added excitement there to like a little, you know, you know, like 25% variation or something, you know, you don't want yeah. to go too crazy
2: yeah do you guys um when you're when you're touring do you kind of do you have it like a set list in mind that you kind of go with the whole tour do you guys kind of mix it up city to city
1: uh, well we don't have enough tunes like released <laughs> right now to just you
0: know be pulling from a 30
1: song uh, yeah. of tunes to fill an hour you know fair fair, well, right, fair
0: enough you know, right now we re- we just have a couple key things right now we want people we want to end with the, the songs we want people to be singing in their head when we leave sure you know? so so those kind of goals with the set list you know and then we have songs that we think hit hard for the beginning yeah you know, just come out and just here we are you've never heard us you know that kind of thing
2: yeah and, and mixing that up
0: would dilute it a little
2: yeah and one of the cool things with you guys you've got hooks in those songs you know, kudos to the to the vocal melodies. Uh, you know, if that was Mark, if that was your uh, thing, but you know, like a song like Heartbreaker. You know, you come away from that song. You know, you listen to it twice, and you're walking around singing that Heartbreaker melody all afternoon. And that's yeah. you know, I love that about that stuff. Um, Mark, if, if I, I do I, too. Yeah, that's Why? one that's
1: been sticking with a lot of people too, which is good to hear a, a radio guy talk about too.
2: Well, I love the fact that you can listen to an EP, and so many times when you when you get a band and this isn't to knock on anyone in particular, but you get an EP from a band, and there'll be a killer song and four filler songs. You know, where this one, right. I honestly could say to you, you know, there's probably four songs I would say, you know, would work as strong singles, um, and that's that's rare. Thanks, you know, man. So hats so awesome. uh, Mark, just know, I mean, you know, you know
0: is the album cut, we know.
2: <laughs> the um,
0: I, should, uh, I, I, I would. Is the yeah.
2: I don't even know if I would agree with that but that we'll get it we can argue that one later um, mark uh, <laughs> you're coming to penguins country if I'm not mistaken you' you're a big hockey fan
1: I'm a huge penguins fan I've been like my whole life um, started That's... with like Tom Barrasso and Ken Regan honestly uh, I was a goalie growing up so that was uh-huh. um, I was obsessed with like the penguin uh, goalie mass Barrasso had and yeah uh, yeah and and that's been I went to school in in New York City and you know they they come back before they did the schedule change they were coming to town like to to East Jersey Long Island and play the Rangers like three times a year Mm -hmm. Um, so there's plenty of opportunity to like see them and you know I've got to meet a bunch of the guys along the way which has been great and um, you know I've, I've formed relationships with people on other teams but yeah Pittsburgh is has been. I've, I've been uh, to Hinesville for for the uh, Winter Classic there. I've never been to, um, I never went to the Igloo or to the new arena yet. Um,
2: we need to work on your your tour scheduling because def- you're back here in the winter. I
1: don't know. I, I definitely look at my schedule and see where we're going and see what teams are wearing. If we have a night off in the Hockey City, I'm definitely going. No question.
2: Was hockey something you thought of as a, as a profession at some point? You know, goalies are, are not an easy thing to come by when they've got talent.
1: No, I mean it was definitely a serious thing for me growing mm-hmm. up. Um, I wound up um, playing lacrosse in college and mm-hmm. uh, l- lacrosse isn't a very graceful sport to like play as, you know, at, like past maybe college age. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hockey is definitely more friendly for that, uh, even though I broke my leg doing it not too long ago oh. um, but yeah I still play like three four times a week when we're off the road I mean it's one of my it's, it's one of my favorite things to do without yeah. and I love it and it's opened so many doors um, um, for me professionally like it, there's such a great hockey community in LA it's a passionate group of people and from musicians to actors and other artists like it's a it's a really yeah. and it's fun you know like,
2: it's, Yeah. Yeah, I think too. I think the whole state owes Wayne Gretzky a debt of gratitude for that, um, Which,
1: without a doubt. And Rob Blake too, and and the yeah. Like they've they've all been super active in the community, and, and it's a really like thriving youth hockey community.
2: Yeah, well, that's fantastic. Well, hopefully we we can uh, get you back uh, sometime towards fall and get you to a game. Uh-huh. Uh, have you guys had the opportunity to? Have you, have you heard your music at a sporting event yet? I mean, other than, I know you guys did some stuff with the WWE, but have you had the ability to be in an arena or something to hear your music yet?
1: No, not yet. I mean, we, we danced around radio stations um, this, this whole time, too, like, it's only been one time I heard it locally um, in LA just because we're never there, and, yeah. you know, you're, you're kind of traveling through cities all the time. Yeah. you're never going to hit one place. Um, so it's tough to catch, but yeah, we had that one moment um, in the car that was really cool. But never at a stadium or an arena yet. That'll be a nice, fun uh, experience when you hear
2: it at an arena. That'll be awesome. Yeah, we'll have to work on that for you guys. Well, thank you. I don't want to keep any longer. Again, you're rolling into Pittsburgh on the fourth. You're doing a show at the Hard Rock Cafe, which is just uh, just across the river from the igloo, or the I should say the uh, PPG Paints Arena here, uh, igloo two point zero. Yeah, so uh, we'll see you guys in just a little over a week, guys.
1: Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, man. Um, Can't wait to get back to Pittsburgh. We'll hit the Manny brothers. uh, (laughs) I'll give you guys some Penguins history.
2: dirty honey again august 4th hard rock cafe pittsburgh pennsylvania as i said at the top of the show you're not going to see these guys in a venue this small again so if you're interested in seeing the band the tickets are like dirt cheap no uh no pun on the name dirty honey but uh, you want to get these tickets while you still can Uh, i'd be shocked if it isn't sold out soon And uh, the EP is available now, uh, five killer songs. Can't wait to see a full-length album from these guys and see what they can do on a sophomore effort. So hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, you can visit us at ironcityrocks.com. We're available on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter are all forward slash ironcityrocks. You can drop us an email at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. Let us know what you like about the show, what you love about the show, what you hate about the show, the bands, the whatever. Love to hear from you guys. So, till next time, thank you for listening.